Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the audio interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. I'd like to thank all the subscribers for checking us out. But I'll point out if you uh, if you haven't done the thing where you, you give the series the rating, wherever you're listening from right now, or, or you give the series a review, or just say hi in the comment box, uh, take that opportunity. And if you're not a subscriber, what are you waiting for? It's the best way to keep up with what all of your favorite artists are up to these days. So grab your preferred listening device, go to wherever you get your podcast from wherever you're listening from right now and uh, hit that subscribe button and we'll deliver uh, multiple episodes one every monday wednesday and friday straight to your eardrums i'm kyle meredith today my guest foy vance foy released two records this year uh back in the summer we got uh, from muscle shoals which was a uh, sort of a soul leaning album and then recently the more americana based to memphis foy and i are going to be talking about both of those how it all arrived when he found some old demos and uh, and how they end up turning into these two different albums and recording them here in America in Muscle Shows and in Memphis with legendary players. In fact, he's playing with the Swampers back on the uh, on the Muscle Shows record. So we'll kind of hear about what that whole experience was like just playing with all of these guys who can just do these.
these amazing things at the drop of a hat in the studio. And I will say, there is so much magic on these records. It's incredible when you learn that, uh, especially to Memphis, recorded in two days. We'll be hearing about some of the songs like I Was Born, Have Me Maria, Alice from Dallas, and why he decided to uh, re-record the song Make It Rain. This is one that his uh, his buddy Ed Sheeran had put out a few years ago, but now Foy giving it a, a proper release on his own records. And what's also exciting is uh, just because he put out two records this year doesn't mean he's done. He's already got another one planned for next year, maybe even more than that. It's a different mentality that he's in these days, and Foy's also going to tell us all about that as well. And the upcoming tour, a lot of uh, early 2020 is going to be on tour with Anderson East. So let's jump into this and talk about the records from Muscle Shoals and to Memphis. It's Kyle Meredith with Foy Vance. Uh, just announced the tour with Anderson East. You're going to be here in Louisville March 13th at the Paris Town Music Hall. It's going to be great to have you back in town, especially, one, because, you know, we love both of you as artists, and two, because you've got two fantastic records that you've released this year. I mean, this is, you're spoiling us. <laughs> Congratulations on this. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it was a, that was an interesting process for sure. You know, we, I set out to make two EPs, really, you know, just to, uh, sort of tied me over while I was working on the next record, but they quickly turned into the albums, you know. And let's see, let's let's get this story on this too, because two albums uh from Muscle Shoals, that's the uh, the soul record, and then the new one to Memphis, uh kind of is what we're calling the Americana record. I, I like that you've done the videos with Anderson East and Holly Williams because it's it's about trying to figure out what in the world that term exactly means. I like watching you all kind of go through that whole process. Yeah, and I never like to I never like to uh, push too much the agenda, but you know, to me, Americana comes from the melting pot of America, which were people from all around the world. You know, so it's like Americana to me is thrown the net is thrown everywhere. If you think about, you know, that's everyone, everyone sort of congregated in America, and that's where the great melting pot came from. That's where all the styles were fused, and I think everyone's got a voice in that. You know, it's even though it's called Americana, yeah. we should just change it to World of Canada. <laughs> Well, it's 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 interesting, especially that you know coming from Ireland, because we we did take a lot of our folk uh, and and country influences, you know, yeah. from a different places, but they they come from Ireland. Yeah, man, sure, hellbillies. Because <laughs> you know they all arrived, all all their Scots, you know, they arrived and it was too hot in the flatlands. They were like, screw this, we need to get somewhere cool. Let's go up in the mountains. They're all called William, you know, hillbillies. That's right. You've just taken it back, is what you've done here. That's that's, that's what this really is about. Yeah. Just reclaiming it, saying, "Hey, that's ours." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, not really, not really. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for that melting pot in America, you know, music wouldn't be what it is today, and I'm so grateful that it is. Well, it's 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 a gorgeous record, and, and specifically talking about to Memphis too. Uh, it, I mean, you've written some great songs in your day, but it is amazing how every single song stand stands on its own on this record, and it, and it's just so beautiful what you've done. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I guess that's the that's the goal, isn't it? For for us as songwriters, is to try and get the you know top and tail it and have no sort of anything but meat on the bone. Right. Anything more than meat in the bones too much. You know, there's a the story that goes along with this that um you know as you're going into this, at least you know the way it's painted out there is you 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 found some old demos, and I thought, what does that mean? You found some old demos because these songs. I can't believe they were just sitting on a shelf somewhere, as good as they are. Some of them, some of them were actually on that record. Uh, some of them were for many years. You know, just I guess you know, it's it's like you know, I write I write a lot, uh, and I go through periods of of writing a whole. You know, there's like sort of windows of a couple of weeks or a month here and there where it's just sort of endless. And 
those songs stockpile because they can't all fit either on a record or even into a set, you know. So a lot of them just disappear and I, for, and I forget about them. And then I sort of got off tour in 2017, uh, November 4th, to be precise, 2017. I did my last gig for a while, uh, two years I took off, actually. And in that two years, I was just kind of trying to look for ways that activate myself again and get writing again and get you know get out of road mentality and get into home mentality and studio mentality and one of the things I did was just sort of pragmatically going through old songs you know just to you know, put them in the compile them maybe I could send this song to that person and maybe this song could be rewritten or whatever so I uncovered all these songs and just thought it would be a, you know if I don't if I don't record them they're going to sit in my hard drive you know what I mean well, although there are some new songs in that record as well I must say there's there's at least sort of three three of the songs not album that are pretty new that's also interesting too because so it, it makes a little sense you know you recorded to memphis as i read in in two days right two days yeah you have to know those songs or you're leaving it to this magical chance was it was it one of the other it was a, a little bit of both i suppose i mean i went into this pretty prepared because you know this is the first time i'd ever walked into a studio and not known anybody you know, having trusted the producer to pick all the musicians. I mean, I spoke through everything that I wanted, instrumentation-wise and the kind of players, and we saw Eddie Eye, and I just left it to him. I left it to Matt Rothstein to, to Memphis, and I left it to Ben Tanner for uh, Muscle Shields. So I wanted to come in prepared song-wise, so what I did was I demoed out all the songs. Here's where they start, here's where they finish. You know, some of that changed a little bit when we got in the studio, but more or less it was pretty much the same. So everyone kind of had a feel for it going in. But also, all the musicians that he booked, you know, that's what they do day in, day out. And it's, and it's, and it's not in any old world, you know, they're, they're, they're cutting the, the sort of Tennessee scene, which is, you know, if you don't get it first go, you're not the guy for the gig. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. Next, there's somebody else that can, you know. So, uh, so these players were just uh, the upper echelon of players, certainly sitting, sitting mm. in the room with them and hearing the kind of conversation that was going on when we were playing. I mean, you just, you know, that they were just so in tune that, you know, that you could tell they, they eat, sleep, and breathe this world, you know. What was it like to work with uh, some of the Swampers back on the Muscle Shoal sessions? That was just, uh, you know what, it was a mixture of a real trip at times and then other times just so normal. It's like anything, isn't it? You know, uh-huh. you, you know if you're going downstairs, you get, you get scared of falling and hitting your face there's all this anxiety building up in you but if you actually fall and hit your face then it's suddenly normal and you're just dealing with the fact that that's happened <laughs> kind of like that with the, the swampers you know it was like holy shit the swampers the swampers but then the second you're in there you know it's just uh, it's David Spooner doing what they do every day going in the studio and playing on folks records and it gets normal pretty quick mm-hmm. but I did have a, I did have a moment now when we were recording uh, Pain Never Hurt Me Like Love and I was looking out through the vocal booth window at Spooner Oldham the same Spooner Oldham sitting at the same furniture in the same room where he came up with that riff I never loved a man you know it, it was such a like a split second but it you know felt like the world stopped for a minute or two you know it was like wow that's a what a trip to be seeing that it's 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 incredible that they can they can do this every single day with a new musician every how uh, ever often you know it, it it could be plug and play for a lot of people but there's still magic on this it sounds like they're still like you know their hearts in it and it could so easily go that other way and it does so often with a lot of players it really does you know, but those guys, I don't know what it is about them. I don't know if it's just that kind of that sort of Alabama attitude or what it is, but they're just loose and greasy as ever. 
you know, and ready to get it. And they were a joy to work with, you know, a real joy to work with. Spooner was a, you know, every take, he was doing something different. And if you said to him, I love what you did there, could you do that again? He'd be like, ah, I don't know what it was, man. You know, <laughs> he just would just follow his heart. Every take, he would just sort of follow his nose, you know, and uh, see where it ended up. And it was, yeah, they were a joy to, to work with and, and talk to and get stories out of. That was a joy. And at the end of the day, you know, everyone else would kind of clear off and I'd be just, you know, poking them for stories. And then what happened? And then what happened? And then what happened? <laughs> Let's hear about a, a few of the songs from the from the new one to Memphis then. You know, you, you hit play and this beautiful song called I Was Born Come On and it sounds like a Baptist hymn, you know, the, these Baptist hymns that I grew up with around here in Kentucky. Was that on purpose? Did did, did it mean did you mean to go specifically in that direction? Uh, obviously we know your history uh you know with with your dad and religion. Yeah. Well, you know, it just sort of that's the way it came out. And that, so I just followed it. You know what I mean? I didn't even know what the song was about when I was playing it like that. I just, but yeah, I mean, I love, I love those old, like I'm talking old hymns. Mm-hmm. You know, not not hymns of today. Jesus is my homeboy nonsense. You know, <laughs> hymns that are 100 hell bent on just making money enough money to buy a swimming pool. You know, right. it's like no, that's not that's not that's not what the that's not the music that that's not gospel music that I know or that I grew up with. You know, the gospel music I grew up with cost somebody something. Yeah, it was real. It was real, and it was uh, it was for no gain other than the you know. It, I mean, I always talk about this with sort of black spiritual music, like you know. It's, I feel awful even talking about it, especially not being from America and you're in the thick of it over there, but uh, we'll not go into it because what happened, you know, that entire uh, group of people was just uns- uns- unspeakable, obviously. But the thing that always struck me was that all the gospel songs that were so full of hope and glory and a new place and a new, you know, even in the even in the depths of despair, they were singing about hope. And, you know, that's gospel music. Right, right. That's real. You know, and anything that sort of feels like it's in that world, I, I, I can... I can feel it. Yeah, when you've got nothing else but hope. I, I think I'm just Isn't that crazy. Right. I mean, it's 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 very probably very silly of me to, to, to tell such a weedy story in such a short snippet of it. <laughs> but it's like that's gospel music to me. You know what? That song I was born was literally just a. Was I was writing songs for my mum, that and Cradled in Arms, and they were just like documenting stories or whatever, and for it to come out in a kind of gospel way, I don't know, it just made sense. I didn't, I didn't really think about it too much, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I'd actually put those two together, but, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, with your mom and mine, Cradled in Arms, and I was born, I mean, that the, I, even in the titles, there's the obvious connection right there, and, and what a... Yeah. You know, kind of a spot to go back to, um, to the to your creator. Yeah, you know, there she is. Yeah, well, so I guess it's got to be spiritual in a way. I was going to ask, um, Alice from Dallas, is that a is that a musical tip of the hat to the towns Van Zandt, Dallas, Alice? <laughs> no, it's not actually. It's not embarrassing. I don't even know that song. That was... I'm going to have to check that out. Well, it rhymes. You know, easy. I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I wrote that years ago just to, for a bit of fun. I have a couple of friends of mine from Dallas. I wrote it and, uh, and played it at a show down there just for a bit of crack, but I always kind of liked the song. That was one that I, I came across again and thought, you know, I know it's a bit toy, a bit tongue-in-cheek tongue or whatever, but I kind of like it, you know? That's an easy rhyme. I can see why why not more people come up with that, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I must say, I did enjoy trying to find other things that would, you know, that would fit in that world, the Alice from Dallas. Right. <laughs> and the malice and the callous and the... <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> It's all a game, really. It's like sort of musical Sudoku. Trying to make the puzzle pieces fit. Yeah. Similarly, uh, Have Me Maria, obviously the Ave Maria, little, little, you know, knock there at the end. Uh, How did that one come about? 
you know what? I had that title for years and years, just, and I always wanted to do it in that sort of Roy Orbison, you know, uh, Blue Bayou type, you know, feel. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, this, this, it, that, that one took a while to come, actually. It came over a few years. Eventually, I don't know, I think I wrote that. Finished it off maybe four or five years ago, something like that. A bit more now, I can't remember. Yeah, it was one that sort of was just always there in the background. Every time I'd sit down with a guitar, you know, the first line would come, but nothing else. And I just never really forced it. And one day I came. And, and, and I'll, uh, I'll finish off the, uh, the, the tell me about the songs. Uh, why, did you, um, why did you think to bring back Make It Rain? Well... It had never made a record. I recorded it once properly uh, in Abbey Road, but it was one of those sessions where, you know, my mate was working there as an assistant, and when the ses- if the session closed early, he could have his friends in the record. So I went and recorded it, and it's a great version of it, uh, but I never released it, you know, because at the time, I, was gonna, I can't remember it. We had to pay full price. We were going to release it. It was, you know, hell a dollar, so I just didn't have the money at the time. And so it never really got a proper release, but, it, you know, it's getting sung all over the place. I mean, Ed covered it on the... Uh, on that Sons of Anarchy show, her, uh, she she sings it at all her live shows, as far as I can tell. And I just thought, well, there's no representation of, uh, you know, an actual imprint on an album of this, so let's stick that on there. And that made it sound like it was really meaningful. The truth of the matter is, I probably needed one more song, and, and that's an easy three chords. You know, that's probably what happened. I'm just trying to make it sound cool and smart. You made it sound cool. Very cool. It was a good story. <laughs> I was there with you. In the, uh, it doesn't sound like it, but kind of in the uh, sort of comparison by name, if you ever wanted to do the live mashup with uh, with the Tom Waits "Make It Rain," I, I think I think you can do that just by listening to it. Oh yeah, you gotta make it rain, Alan. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but it's a, it's a completely different. But it's in four four. It's a different feel, and uh, yeah, I guess you could make you could you could mash that up. Make anything work. I don't know. I feel like touching Tom Waits. If you're going to touch a Tom Waits song and bring it out to people live, you need to know what you're doing. You know, right? <laughs> Great writer. Did you say there's going to be another record in uh, in 2020? Oh yeah, maybe maybe a couple again. Actually, you know, that's where my head's at at the minute. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, tour as much, you know, I'm not as interested in being on the road as much as I used to be, you know. I think I've just kind of taken two years off and been at home with the family and realised that I like it, <laughs> you know, and realised I, I like writing songs and I like being around my family and I like, you know, going to the studio every day, clocking in and out like a plumber, you know, Monday to Friday. It's good. It's good for me. It's good for my head. So, uh, plan is to get at least one record out next year, and then I'd like to go back to the States and do another record with uh, Matt Rossbank in the Tennessee 10 in Memphis. Wow. So maybe two albums, yeah, we'll see. I'd be all for artists doing that more. I mean, I, I love going to shows and everything, but uh, but if it meant that I got more music from my favorite artists, stay home, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, man, the thing is, it's like, it's ever since it you know became so industrialized, you know, it's like, get it out and rinse it for everything it's worth and then get the next one out. And it, it sort of never used to be that. When, when, this, when the industry was just getting, you know, finding its feet and money was starting to really flow around, people were still just throwing out records sometimes four a year. Right. I think Elton John put out four records one year. Like at the height of his, you know what I mean? It has come up. Yeah. It was just a different mentality. then, you know, and yeah, I like that mentality. And also, I... Uh, I'm not, you know, I have no, I have no one kind of breathing down my neck about getting the next number one single out of the gate. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not bothered if I, uh, you know, if I take another ten years to write an album or write ten albums in the next year. You know, <laughs> whatever you want, crack on. You're not important enough. <laughs> 
that's how it works in the industry. Well, we certainly enjoy it anyway. Uh, certainly enjoy the music that you're putting out. So hope it means a couple more records. Uh, I'm excited about that. That is really good news. Definitely. Yeah, especially especially if they're up to the caliber of these. And, and, and Foy, again, I'll say, you know, the two records from Muscle Shows and now to Memphis and bringing it all to town March 13th at Paris Town Music Hall with, uh, with Anderson East. Uh, sir, thank you for the conversation. I look forward to seeing that show. I look forward to seeing you. You must come up and make yourself known. Absolutely. Thank you so much for today, too. My pleasure, man. See, uh, see you in Kentucky. All right. Take care, man. Sure. Bye. And my thanks, Foy Vance. The latest record is called To Memphis. You can also find from Muscle Shoals outs as well. And thanks to you for checking out the series. Again, if you're uh, not already a subscriber, uh, do that before you get out of here. We'll deliver a brand new episode uh, straight to your podcast inbox every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Multiple interviews every single week. It's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. You can do that at iTunes and Apple Podcast or uh, Podchaser, Stitcher, Acast, as well as Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your preferred podcast from. And if you're already a subscriber again thank you so much for being on board uh give the series a rating leave a review or just say uh hi in the comment box let me know what you liked about the uh this uh this episode after that head to wfpk.org where i do a show monday through friday at 6 p.m eastern it's an hour full of song premieres music news anniversary spins and bonus interviews again that's wfpk.org consequence of sound they've got your music and film news you can also find me on social media, at Kyle Meredith, all of them, all of them just at Kyle Meredith. That does it for this episode. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. To give you pre-warning that at any stage in the next 20 minutes, my son might come and ask for juice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.